the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardtlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here on 930 AM The Answer on podcasts everywhere, and you can find us on talklawradio.com. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law. But because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case and laws are ever-changing, material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with your individual professional advice. Marquardt Law Firm sponsors our show today, and attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans, and old businesses and new businesses, which might have issues with corporations, contracts, LLCs, family-limited partnerships, and we can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning, like in county court, district court, or probate court. Before we get tar- started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the gifts and blessings you give to us. Thank you for allowing us the opportunity to talk about the law on the radio. Please forgive us for our sins our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing, or failing to do your will. Please help Barbara Lambert, Cheryl Mays, and me give good information about signs a senior needs help today. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. So today we're going to be talking about signs of senior needs supervision or any other kind of help. And we have Barbara Lambert from Home to Home for Seniors and Cheryl Mays, who's a paralegal with Marquardt Law Firm. You may remember Barbara Lambert. She's been a frequent guest over the years. Uh, But in case you're new, we're going to ask her to introduce herself a little bit. Barbara, welcome to the show. Thank you, Todd. Tell us uh, where you're from, how you got here, how you got interested in what you're doing today. Okay. Well, I am from Chicago, Illinois, and moved to San Antonio, I think it's getting to be maybe 10 years ago, or not 10, 20, 20 years ago. And, um, but when I was living in Illinois, I remember specifically one time when I visited my grandmother in the nursing home. And she had on the same clothes that she had on the previous days I had visited, the same spills, the same stains. And when I approached the nursing home, the administrator, he said to me, if you want us to care for your grandmother like you would, then take her home. And I thought, no one, no daughter, granddaughter, wife, mother, father, son, daughter, should ever have to hear those words about the care for a family member. And those words were really a turning point in my life. And that's how I became interested 
in helping seniors, and I'm dedicated that no one should ever have to experience that type of care. So did you bring her home? No, <laughs> did not bring her home. <laughs> Could not bring her home. She was, um, she, my mom, I didn't live in that town, mm-hmm. but my mom um, and dad cared for them, and they weren't in good enough health to bring her oh, home okay. to stay with them. So it, we were in a tough quandary, but we did hire extra help to come in and help stay and make sure that she got cared for, but it still wasn't the care we would have wanted. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so tell us about the work that you do now. So now I help families come to me from many different ways, from many different avenues, from you know case managers, social workers, the public, the church, the elder law attorney, looking for care solutions for a loved one. Many times they see changes that are going on, and they don't know what to do. And so when I'm speaking to them, often this is a first-time decision that needs to be made. It's a very emotional decision that the family is looking at making. And it takes some time to get to know all the dynamics that are involved uh, in making this decision. So I help them do that. And we help them find the best place at the best price that they can afford in a desired geographic location. And then we also look for funding that's available out there as well to help pay for a senior's care. Mm-hmm. And we do that at no charge because we are reimbursed for our consulting by the different entities that we work with across the United States. So my services are free to anyone that comes and needs to know those options. Okay. Well, again, thank you for joining us. We're going to talk about signs of senior needs, supervision or other help, warning signs and diagnoses in just a little bit. But first I want to switch gears and, and find out a little bit about Cheryl How did you get here, and how did you get interested in this area of the law? Well, thank you for having me. Um, So I was born and raised here in San Antonio. Um, I had a short stint in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but got back here as soon as I could. Um, I got, I would say from a very young age, I spent the first five years of my life until I went to school with my grandparents caring for my great-grandmother, my great-grandparents up in Austin. Um, and then, and I remember visiting family friends in nursing homes and um, seeing what that was like at a young age and just knowing that there is a need to be a care provider as people get older. And then, um, unfortunately, when I was 12, my dad passed away from cancer And so um, I got a life lesson in walking through that with him. And especially when I got older, realizing what a lack of estate planning on his part meant for me and my sister. And so when I was 18, by chance, I just got hired by an attorney that was in elder law. And it changed the course of my life and uh, really drew out Um, my passion to help Mm -hmm. the elderly community and those with disabilities. And so here we are more than 20 years later, and I still have the passion for it. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing all that. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you're a paralegal. I am. And uh, so that means you've been working with uh, law firms and, and with attorneys doing legal work. Um, why don't you uh, share with us some of the uh, the education that that you've been working on over all those years? So I went to UTSA. I got my bachelor's in communications with a concentration in public relations and risk management, um, and then later went on to get my master's of science in leadership and management. So with that and along with the experience of working with the attorneys and the courts and um, all the different um, caregivers and nursing homes, it's just fortunately for me given me an experience to where I am able to look at the situation at a broader spectrum Mm -hmm. and then be able to narrow it down to what the immediate needs are to get us to the end result. Okay. And now that you're working with a a large staff, uh, do you enjoy uh, mentoring everybody? I would say that is probably one of my favorite things to do now. Um, There is a serious need 
to train the younger generation um, to have compassion and um, respect for our elderly and our senior citizens. And I feel as being a mentor to that younger generation um, and even um, the staff that's my age that's just getting into this type of law, Mm -hmm. um, just being able to differentiate between the legal needs and the emotional needs of our um, clients, um, I feel like I can really help turn them in the right direction. Oh, great. Thank you for sharing that as well. We have to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about why I haven't shaved in a very long time. (laughs) And uh, we'll also get into the signs that a senior needs more help. Stay tuned. Wanting to learn about a will or a trust but haven't gotten around to it? Now is the perfect time to learn about this vital information. The attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. We educate our children so that they're prepared for the future. Call Marquardt Law Firm at 210-530-4278 to show your family that you are prepared for the future. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here on 930 AM The Answer. You can find us on podcasts everywhere. Of course, Facebook Live. And you can see the recorded episode on Facebook as well. And then in a day or two, uh, we'll have videos uh, posted to YouTube. like for you to consider subscribing to those videos and clicking the little bell so you get a notification every time a new video is posted. Then you can listen to videos all the time to help you discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. And today we're talking about seniors, senior care, warning signs that a senior needs additional care. We're also going to talk about five diagnoses that um, could require a senior to need more care. And we'll talk about uh, Cheryl's experience with guardianships and when a senior yeah, absolutely needs a guardianship and, and maybe when a senior doesn't yet need a guardianship. But first I wanted to talk about Movember. No, you might be familiar with No Shave November. But uh, Movember, with an M, is an annual event involving the growing of mustaches during the month of November to raise awareness of men's health issues such as prostate cancer, testicular cancer, and men's suicide. The Movember Foundation runs the Movember charity event housed at Movember.com. So I have a team of other guys that are growing mustaches, and we're raising money for this organization. And one of the guys in the office, William, he said, why do I want to donate to Movember? What do they do? And I said, that's a great question, William. So I looked up their tax return from 2019 and discovered that they contribute grants to other charities like the Prevention Institute, which is to provide funding for mental health services and programs, uh, UCSF, Department of Urology, uh, to provide funding for prostate cancer research. So there's a whole list of organizations that Movember contributes to, and I just use it as an excuse to not shave. <laughs> I hate shaving. Um, but we'll see what happens. So, Barbara, you meet a lot of seniors. You've been doing this for a long time. You've met a lot of seniors. And so you've probably kept um, mental notes of what are some warning signs that someone's going to need help. And I think this is a great time of year to watch out for warning signs when you're visiting your loved ones at Thanksgiving and Christmas. So tell us um, your perspective on these warning signs. So I can remember that um, my dad 
I would see him maybe once a year, twice a year. And then through COVID, I didn't even see him. And when I would see him, when he would come to visit, when he was able to, the big changes I saw in him. And my brothers and sisters that lived locally close to him didn't know what I was talking about because they saw him every day, and it was just kind of gradual mm-hmm. to them. So that it really wasn't as big a deal to them as it was to me. So going now at the, into the holidays, and you're going to be doing some visits, probably family visits, you may notice that someone isn't quite up to par like they were last right. year. or Things just don't seem right, or the house just isn't looking clean or there's a lot of unopened mail laying around so we have gathered together some of the warning signs that um, you may notice this holiday and if you notice any of these it's a good time to address them not at thanksgiving dinner of course at the table (laughs) but privately one-on-one or with the older adults physician if you have a relationship with the physician and to discuss some of these things that you're seeing so one very obvious one is the weight loss if you notice a big weight loss in a family member when you're going to visit that maybe they're missing meals or they're having sporadic eating or a loss of appetite So these things are warning signs. They need probably a doctor's attention. Somebody needs to look to see why is this happening. Find out. Is it something medical or what is going on? You know, are they having mobility issues? What is causing that? Another warning sign would be a disheveled appearance, poor personal hygiene, body odor, poor oral hygiene, changes in skin and nails, or wearing soiled clothing. That's another big warning sign. They're not keeping up with themselves. They're not things that we do every day without thinking all of a sudden are becoming a challenge to this person. Why is that happening? Is it something medical? Is it something cognitive? The unkept home. You have to be confrontational a little bit to uh, bring that up. So you first I suggest (laughs) being a detective to see if you can figure out maybe why that's happening before confronting them to see if it's something that you can figure out and maybe gently bring into the conversation. These, if, if you came up to me and started talking to me about my body odor and my uh, unkept appearance and my mm-hmm. dirty clothes, I mean, that's, that's pretty personal, pretty sensitive. Mm-hmm. So you need to be very gentle in how you approach the subject matter. Cheryl, have you had to see that before somebody oh, being uh- confronted? Absolutely. And I agree with Barbara. Um, A simple way of being the detective is just going into the bathroom. Excuse yourself and go into the bathroom. Look at their medicine bottles when, um, you know, we as we get... Are they expired or not? Yeah. Are they expired? (laughs) Are they being used? Um, You know, as we get older, we need the little pill bottles that tell us when to take them in the morning and in the afternoon. Are they taking them appropriately? Um, and then also, like she was saying, contact the doctor. If there's been a weight loss. Has the medication been adjusted to that weight loss so that there's not ongoing medical issues coming from that? Um, high, if you have low blood pressure, high blood pressure, a drop in weight and not the corrected medication with it can cause a series of other symptoms that come from it. But with your leadership training, what are some other tools or tactics that you could use to um, make this confrontation not so alarming? Number one, just be involved before it gets to that point. Don't just wait for the holidays Mm -hmm. to check in on mom and dad. Um, Know their neighbors. If you, we are in a place in society where families don't live close together anymore. So we have to have a network of people surrounding the ones that we care about and be confident in that somebody else is looking out for them too. When you say be a detective, I think of Columbo. (laughs) I think of Inspector Gadget. Yeah, well, I love Columbo because he's just, he already knows what's going on. But then he acts like he doesn't. Uh-huh. He says, I don't understand. Explain this to me. And so I think that's a way of disarming the situation is just to be curious. Yeah, and I would say it's very, it's very sensitive 
because you're going to someone that's going to jump on the defense right away more than likely. Right. Um, it's none of your business, and I just spilled coffee on this this morning. Um, but you're right. The bathroom tells the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the kitchen does, too. In the kitchen. In the, the refrigerator. refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would, for my mom, I would always look in the pantry, the refrigerator, and the freezer, make sure she had enough food. <laughs> so for medications, I, I give them a little bit of a buy on that because I think anybody over 40 could benefit from medication management, speaking from self-experience. Those uh-huh. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, little boxes are great. But if you're seeing... It, that the the pill bottles are still full or they're empty that that's a big sign that they're not you know on top of it they're not getting the refills and um also sometimes when you go from doctor or rehab to hospital to home there's an addition and change of medications and now they may be taking too many medications it's helpful if somebody gets involved with um helping them with their medical appointments which would come in with maybe having medical power of attorney. Right. If you want to explain how that could help possibly. Yeah. Well, everybody over the age of 18 should have a medical power of attorney just in case something bad happens Um, because even a healthy person like me could have an accident and then I need to have somebody like my sister advocating for my behalf. Um, And so you have to do that while you still have capacity, while you still have your wits about you, while you can still remember. And so um, that's another reason you need to be checking in on your parents is, or your grandparents ask if something bad happens, who's going to make decisions for you. And um, I don't know of any uh, polite way of saying that. You know, just I think it's going to be a challenge if you don't have medical power of attorney to, unless you have a HIPAA release, to speak to the doctor on behalf of your mom or dad. So getting that lined up ahead of time while everything is good and nothing is really wrong is so important. And explaining to them medical power of attorney does not give you the power to do what? To tell them where to go, where to move, where to live, right? Well, it's a gray area because... Uh, assisted living is both medical and residential. So uh, it could be challenged by somebody or it could be challenged by the the person (laughs) that signed the medical power of attorney. But I did think of something, a polite way of bringing it up. I would say, hey, dad, I just got my own medical power of attorney signed today. Do you have one? (laughs) You know, and then he could say yes or no, or I need to get that done, and then at least that opens the door for the conversation. Mm-hmm. Now, do they, when somebody enters into the hospital, is that kind of an automatic thing that they have somebody that they want on that paperwork to be power of attorney? It seems like when I've gone. The hospital always asks, who's your medical power of attorney? Do you have a directive to physicians? And if you don't, um, the hospital, a lot of them, they have their own forms that say who would have permission to make decisions if something bad happened or to communicate with physicians about the uh, what's going on, the diagnosis. Um, but that might not work at another hospital. And so what we do is we have a, a general medical power of attorney that would work anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so that that's the best case scenario. Um, but yeah, the, a, a hospital or a doctor, they ask those same questions. Um, I just like to have one that'll work, even for those specialists that I don't know that I need. You know, if I hit my head in a car accident, I'm going to need a neurologist, even though I'm under the age of 65. Right. So you were going to talk about some diagnoses. Sure. So let's let's come back to the seven signs a senior needs supervision and go to uh, some diagnoses. So there are five geriatric diagnoses that make it very, very challenging for a senior to live at home through end of life um, as they get into the later stages of their diagnosis. The first one is stroke. Stroke can be pretty debilitating, and depending on how... Um, severe the stroke was and how it affected the person. And if they had one stroke, is there the chance of another stroke coming? Mm -hmm. You know, what was the cause of that? 
Again, medications, doctor follow-up is very important. So stroke. Cheryl, tell us about someone, some case study or some memory you've had uh, working with uh, a client who was trying to get guardianship because of a stroke. Oh, man, I've got several. Uh, What are some of the symptoms that came up? So symptom-wise for the stroke, if I mean, obviously, if they're um, any kind of paralyzed of uh, the limbs, mm-hmm. um, speaking, um, it can affect their hearing, their vision. So we need to be aware of those signs of a stroke, um, even the minor ones, because like Barbara said, the, once you have one stroke, the risk of having another is you got to go to the hospital right away. You've got to go to the hospital right away. Okay, well, we have to take another break. When we come back, we'll talk about the signs that a senior needs a little extra help, talk about some of those diagnoses that usually lead to that as well. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here on 930 AM, The Answer. Also podcasts, and you can listen to previous episodes on TalkLawRadio.com. Find out all those hidden legal issue blind spots that might be affecting you. Today we're talking to Barbara Lambert, Cheryl Mays, and me. We're discussing the uh, signs that a senior might need a little extra help. And we talked before the break about a stroke, and now we're going to ask Barbara about another diagnosis that might lead somebody to to get extra help for their senior. Sure. So the the following four diagnoses all have one thing in common with stroke. So the four other diagnoses that make it difficult to stay in the home are Parkinson's, COPD, a diagnosis of Alzheimer's and or dementia, or a diagnosis of diabetes. And so what a lot of people don't realize is that all of these five can easily have um, an underlying diagnosis of dementia that crops into the picture as well. And dementia can, if paperwork isn't done, decisions aren't made ahead of time, can cause a whole host of problems, can't they? They can. Yeah, so what's your experience, Cheryl? So uh, this one's personal to me. Um, my aunt about age 55 started having some issues and it started off as a tremor. And so she went and saw her neurologist and they treated her for what they thought was Parkinson's. And we were a couple of years into that process when we started realizing there was other symptoms going along with it in, um, becoming much more apparent. Um, And so we went on and come to find out she did have early onset Alzheimer's. And so Parkinson's is just, can it can have symptoms of Parkinson's, but nobody wants to give that diagnosis of dementia or Mm -hmm, Alzheimer's. mm -hmm. So that's really the neurologist's last resort. So we have to be an advocate for even those that do have a clear case of Parkinson's or stroke um, or COPD and depression. Depression has a huge connection with dementia, and we can see that with people suffering from um, uh, the sunset disease where they're sleeping all day and awake Mm -hmm. all night. Mm -hmm. Um, That goes hand-in-hand with people that suffer from depression on a regular basis. Yeah, well, this... uh hit me early when I when I first met Barbara. Um, I had a friend named Donald, and he was having some trouble, and he needed some um, a little extra help. So let me tell you a little bit about him. He was sort of a, a grouchy, grumpy guy <laughs> at times. He had his mood swings. He was set in his ways like an old fence post. Uh, His wife left him, his kids were estranged, and his dogs ran away. Uh, But he was a military man, and he was very proud of that. 
Uh, he served during World War II, and after fighting that war, came home and, and worked civil service for the government. Um, after I met him, uh, he started to need more and more help. Uh, first, it was a caregiver at home. Then it was uh, a residential care home. And, and then finally, uh, his his uh, diseases caught up with him, and he had to have 24-7 care in a nursing home. And Barbara was the one that helped him find the care that he needed, helped him find the caregivers, helped him find a residential care home, helped him find a nursing home that it would accept him despite his bad behavior. Mm-hmm. And what was remarkable to me was Barbara's care and compassion for someone as ornery as Donald, uh, who, but it really showed how skilled she was. I mean, not just your care and compassion, but you have to have the tools to deal with that Absolutely. and to advocate for him uh, so that he got the care that he needed. And so Barbara's research, her connections with decision makers in the elder care industry, and advocacy for his well-being was unmatched. Thank you. So when elder care becomes an issue with my friends and family, I call Barbara Lambert with Home to Home for Seniors. Thank you, Todd. Yeah. So uh, that was that was Parkinson's, and and we mentioned Alzheimer's and dementia uh, being associated with that. Let's go back to some of the the signs that are readily observable. So uh, pretend you're at Thanksgiving dinner and and you walk in and you haven't seen your aunt for a period of time. What are some things that would make you suspicious that she wasn't doing well? Well, um, just things that they have done all their lives that they just suddenly can't remember how to do. Um, anything or an event that happened, you know, a birthday party that was a big ordeal, an anniversary for parents that they just have no recollection mm-hmm. of and they can't um, contribute to the conversations that's going on at the table. If they're struggling for their words, that's a huge indicator that something else is going on. Mm-hmm. They may come across that they're tongue tied, but it's their inability to formulate the needed words to move forward in the conversation. And then that just builds on to their anxiety that they're already suffering from. And it can just break down everything from there. Do you ever get calls like on Thanksgiving and the day I do. after? <laughs> I do. In fact, I can remember one call on Thanksgiving Day. And um, this gentleman was living at home alone. He was, a, or he was living at home with um, a partner. And his partner was caring for him, and he was a quadriplegic. And on Thanksgiving Day, his partner dropped dead of a heart attack. Oh, gosh. Oh, wow. And so this wasn't anybody that we could easily find care for. Mm -hmm. And so I knew of a care home that I thought, she can do it. She would be able to do it. And so I called her on Thanksgiving Day. She was in the movies. So I had a, we were texting back and forth while she was in the movies. And um, then arranging transportation for him because mm-hmm. he needed to have um, a wheelchair van or something that would be able to transport him. And so I think it was by 8 o'clock Thanksgiving night we had him all situated in his new home. But what a, what a traumatic event that Thanksgiving was for that family. Mm-hmm. A routine, totally upset, the loss of a partner, and now leaving his home. He owned his home. He was leaving his home. That was the last day he was able to see his home. Wow. I mean, nobody thought that Thanksgiving, I'm sure he didn't, that that would be the last time he would be in that home. Yeah, that's another example of why you have to have your affairs in order because if you have a, a heart attack and the Lord calls you home right then, then um, you don't have an opportunity to say, hey, I'm dying, I need to go get my will. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Okay, so Barbara, what are some other signs that a senior needs help? So the forgetfulness, if you show up for Thanksgiving dinner and they forget you're even coming, they forget it was Thanksgiving, they don't remember your name, those are some mm-hmm. signs. If they become very confrontational at the dinner, you're sitting down and all of a sudden they're very confrontational with everyone or any, everything is agitating them. 
science it's something. And if that's different than their normal behavior. Right. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Dementia can flip a person's personality 180 degrees. A person that was kind and generous can go to angry and um, paranoid paranoid and violent Mm -hmm. quickly. Paranoia, right. And the, um, what was I going to say? Well, I've seen some paranoia in, in older people that they because of their confusion it just comes out as paranoia they're they're trying to figure things out too because they don't necessarily know what's going on in their own mind right so with dementia it's not uncommon for them to think that family members or close people close to them are stealing money mm-hmm. or that a spouse is cheating having an affair mm-hmm. and when it's for this thing that can be from happening um unopened mail stacked up around is another sign bills not being paid on time is another sign you go to thanksgiving dinner and there's no power <laughs> that's that a sign would that, be a big one a yeah, big obvious yeah one. you'd be lo- relocating thanksgiving dinner and hiding money and losing money mm-hmm. or giving all their money away you see loads from amazon and the shopping network especially the shopping network channels loads of uh things coming because they're just Buying. buying, buying, buying. They don't. They're not opening them. Or you go into the kitchen, and they were going to make green bean casserole, and now there's 32 cans of green beans <laughs> on the shelf because I keep buying them because they forget that they have. I think them. all of us have had a, a hoarding situation um, because it, it's a sign of an underlying condition. There's lots of underlying conditions that lead to hoarding, at least from what I've seen on the tv show oh yeah absolutely (laughs) but older people sort of have that tendency as well sometimes it's just so important when you notice these changes these changes that are different and not normal for this person that you do something you investigate further you have a conversation don't ignore them It, it could be the sign that something underlying is starting to happen So I wanted to offer the listeners a free checklist to find out if your loved one is needing a guardian. If you email me at host at talklawradio.com, just mention the checklist for guardianship. I'll email you a self-assessment that you can take to sort of point out some of these issues. So email me at host at talklawradio.com, and I'll email that checklist to you. We're going to come back. I want to talk more about hoarding because there are some strategies for dealing with that, too. Stay tuned. Have you been wanting to learn about a will or a trust but haven't gotten around to it? Now is the perfect time to learn about this vital information. The attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. We educate our children so that they're prepared for the future. Call Marquardt Law Firm at 210-530-4278 to show your family that you are prepared for the future. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Remember to check us out on YouTube and subscribe to the Talk Law Radio YouTube channel. Here with Barbara Lambert and Cheryl Mays, and we're all talking about the signs that a senior may need help. Before the break, we were talking about hoarding and uh, that it could be a sign that there's something going on there. Barbara, what what did you want the listeners to know about hoarding? So, Todd, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not against the law to be a hoarder. It's not unless. against the law unless. <laughs> yeah, so the the big problem that comes up is if if it's a fire hazard, then you could be putting your whole neighborhood into jeopardy. So a fire hazard, I... I um, met someone, and he had newspapers piled all over, the mail piled all over, and he also had all those plastic containers that you get from HEB with the uh, cupcakes and donuts and things mm-hmm, in them mm-hmm. piled all over. Is that a fire hazard? Well, it's a fire hazard if 
all of those things caught on fire, there it would be a fire hazard probably. But it's really the matter of degree. Is it stacked up in the corner? Is it only a foot high? Or is it like all the way to the ceiling? And could this person get out of their house if there were a fire? So you mean, are you referring to maybe if they're hoarding so much that there's just a tunnel that's a pathway? A tunnel or a mountain that they have to walk over. Well, they'd be really dangerous if they were. Right. So the, the re- one of the situations that I remember when there was a hoarding situation is uh, you had called me and one of the adult children of, of this older couple um, was trying to help their parents, um, but the parents wouldn't let them into the house. Right, And so that was a sign that maybe something wasn't uh, going well. And so the the child didn't know if they needed a guardian. And so guardianship wasn't appropriate. And she didn't have power of attorney, and so she couldn't use that and, and couldn't force them to do anything without a court order. And so that's when you had the idea of, well, if if there's a hoarding situation, then maybe we could call the fire department mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then at least get inside the house and mm-hmm. see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, um, I think in that particular case, they had numerous cats. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I think the cats was um, a good opener for us to call because I think they had many cats beyond the city ordinance of how many cats oh, right. you can have. And then... Um, it was, in fact, I think I, I recall that a plumber had gone into the house. They'd had a problem, and the plumber had gone into the house, and he was the one that alerted me to the fact about the cats. Okay. Because he had to put on a respirator because the smell from the oh, cat goodness was so, and urine was so strong. And that's then that's awful. how we were able to move ahead of that. But had that plumber not gone in there, you know, we had some challenges. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you have enough evidence to call Adult Protective Services. Right. Because... You're not allowed to neglect yourself if you're putting other people at danger, especially. Right. You have any uh, memories of people like that? Unfortunately, um, the first one that comes to mind is we had an elderly lady that her paranoia um, had made her poured to the point where she was living on her back porch and she had had the water cut off because of a repair that needed to be made that she just kept forgetting to get taken care of Mm -hmm. and it ended up that the neighbors called because they saw her sleeping in a lawn chair on the back porch and APS had to be called in and take her removed from the situation. Well, that's really obvious. That's a big sign. Mm -hmm. Are there some other signs that we haven't got to yet that are not as obvious? I think I kind of jumped around and caught, you know, unable to manage their finances. Um, You know, I remember I had somebody who, um, it was a mother that was living, elderly woman who was taking care of her son who had a diagnosis, I think it was, of Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And they were living alone, and they had their routine of every day. You know, they would go on the bus and, you know, get groceries, go to Walmart, something like that, and come home. And um, one day in particular, the woman, the mother, and her son were all dressed up, all dressed up, sitting all dressed up, waiting for someone. And the neighbor had come over, and she said, what What are you all dressed up for today? I mean, he, the son had on a suit, and she had on a new dress. And she said, well, we're getting married today. And she said, to who? And she said, well, this man's been calling me and asking me to send him money, and I've been sending him money, and he's coming this afternoon to pick us up, and we're going to move out of here and get married. And the neighbor thought, oh, no, this is... And so she had called me, and we had called Adult Protective Services. Not sure if we got you involved at that point. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, it was a very sad story because the mom um, had a nervous breakdown. Mm -hmm when she realized what happened at an elderly age. And so from there, um, Adult Protective Services, um, the mom was no longer to care for her disabled son, so we had to move them to a retirement community where they could both live safely and be protected from that exploitation. But it was a very sad case because on the outside, it all looked good. It, It looked like everyday normalness was going on, but here she was sending loads of money to this 
exploiter. Right. Exploitation uh, is a sign. And so if if you find out that your parents are contributing to the Jamaican lottery or that uh, a Nigerian prince is discovered that they're part of the royalty, then you probably need to get involved. Or if there's a new frequent visitor that's mm-hmm. coming all the time. Mm-hmm. Someone that's coming to visit that's never been in the picture before, and what is their interest? Why are they coming and spending all this time with your mom or your dad? And, oh, you know, dad bounced a check. Where's That's unusual. How could he bounce a check? Mm-hmm. And then through further investigation, that's why these powers of attorney are so important, because at that point... Um, it could be difficult to get it. And so we see some people that like to plan ahead. They'll get all the legal documents in order. And there's there's some people when it's an emergency. And we have to try and get that money back from those exploiters and file lawsuits. And, of course, that's a big challenge because now you're spending money to go after money that's already gone. Right. And so it's (laughs) always better to to do things in advance. And you can decide, you can put more instructions into your planning. I I call it the take care of clause, how I want to be taken care of if I'm disabled or or elderly. Then you can say, like my grandmother did, I never want to go to a nursing home. Um, she she was uh, turning 65 right about the time that 2020 and 60 Minutes were airing episodes about all the horrors of nursing homes. Right. And she had friends that had gone to the nursing home, and she didn't like that. So my mom took care of her uh, at home. But then my mom's take care of clause was, I don't want you to take care of me. I want to go to the nursing home because I don't want you to have to to see me that way. She was more concerned about her dignity. Right, and I think we forget about the dignity. We, you know, we focus on care. You, you may come in and, you know, mom or dad needs your help, and you just dig right in and you help them, and sometimes it's with some very personal type of care that they need help, and we have to remember about their dignity. Mm-hmm. You know, would you want your son or daughter doing some of those care needs for you? And to just, you know, the approach is so different, you know, to try to keep respect and dignity for someone when you have to help them with their personal care. So it's not a easy jump-in fix right. at all, and especially if we have an unskilled or untrained person doing it. And as a family member, I, I remember when my dad would visit, when he would repeat himself again and again, and I would just snap <laughs> and, you know, shout because I was answering the same question over and over and over again. And if I was caring for your dad, I probably never would have done that. Right. And why it's do we different... feel as the daughter or the son that we have the right to treat our parents that way? I mean, we just snap. I just snapped. And, you know, he had some dementia, so I'm, I'm hoping he didn't remember that you have <laughs> later to... on. But I felt bad after that. I, I felt bet. really bad. Yeah. So what are some of the things that, that you analyze or, or research when you're evaluating between the caregivers that that you might recommend or the the homes that you might recommend? So I realize that very few people want to leave home. They want to stay home and they want to live there through the end of life. But for very few people, that's not possible. That's possible. Very few people, that's possible. So we look, can we keep this person home? Can we keep them safe? And is it affordable? And is that the desire? And if it is, then we go down that route with a plan B of if we can no longer keep you safe at home or if it's no longer affordable, what do we do next? What is the financial ability to pay for care? Because in-home care, you can run through a lot of money quicker than living in a retirement community because the cost of in-home care is pretty expensive. It's one-on-one care, whereas in a care home that's uh, several to one. Yeah. <laughs> Chefs. So then we look at the socialization of the person, the the needs of the person, if they're very social and can advocate for themselves, if they're sort of independent but they need help with their personal care. And assisted living is a good option for them because there's lots of activities, socialization, meals are provided there, and that personal care is delivered to them in the privacy of their own apartment. But if they're not social and they need it more, higher, consistent, hands-on, one-on-one care, then a care home is a very good option for that person. Often more affordable, 
and um, it's more one-on-one -on -one care. And then, of course, if they need a memory care, if they need to be kept busy all day and safe and in a secured environment, then a memory care is a good option for somebody with Alzheimer's or dementia. But if they're through that stage of being mobile, they're through that stage of needing to be kept busy all day and they need more higher one-on-one -on -one care, then we look at the care home for that person as well. We look at the finances, what can a person afford, if there's funding out there available, and then we also look at the desired geographic location. Is this going to be convenient to those that want to visit and advocate for this person? So lots uh, of things to take into consideration. Yeah. So before we end the show, I wanted to ask you, Cheryl, because um, we focus on wills and and the idea behind a will is leaving a legacy. Um, can you talk about some some value that you've learned from somebody that went before you or some value that you want to pass on to your children? Ooh, that's a good question. I would say kindness to others. Just love how Christ wants us to love. Amen. Well, thank you for saying that. Keep it short and sweet. Okay, well, you've heard it here on Talk Law Radio, the signs that a senior may need help. And because we're close to the holidays, Thanksgiving's just around the corner, you might keep some of these tools, tips, and tricks uh, in your hat and try and find out, like Columbo, how everyone's doing uh, while you're visiting for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, Barbara, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Ted. Okay, so uh, tune in next week for another episode of Talk Law Radio. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.